Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our preview of the Derek Lewis vs. Sergei Spivak Fight Night card. We're a week removed from UFC 281, which was probably the card of the year. And Tom, you are my regular co-host and you are frothing at the mouth to keep digging in to the carcass of that card. Have you managed, by the way, to watch the early prelims yet of that card? Joe, there's so much content out there, I haven't got down to the prelims. We didn't get into that in the last episode. Was there one, something you wanted to bring our attention to? Uh, mostly the tremendous performance of Carlos Ulberg, but we'll save that for another time. Tom, 281, probably the card of the year, I think, in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it in the intro, and, and I have to concur. Of course, it's the freshest in the mind, being so so proximate to where we are now. And honestly, Joe, looking ahead at this fight night, I'm still my eyes have been drawn back to that uh, to that <laughs> event in Madison Square Garden. Nothing to do with Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak main event. Of no, course, we love the Spiv. Um, but yeah, it, it it was fantastic. You know, so many talking points and a bit of fallout. Um, that's been been coming through. Of course, we've had the update in rankings now too. Yeah, where do we begin? Can we look at the pound for pound rankings? Because I think, really, in the last couple of months, they've been made a bit of a mockery of. There's all sorts of chicanery going on there, Joe. So, uh, where Pere- is where is Adesanya ranked in the pound for pound rankings? Above the man who's knocked him out twice and beaten by decision once, uh, Alex Pereira, who comes in at eight. Adesanya, he's dropped down four places. Um, Engarnu though he got the bump. <laughs> Does it mean something? Is something written? Is Engarnu going to come back? I mean, maybe. I'm still questioning whether John Jones even comes back at this stage. Never mind Engarnu. So, what about Stipe, Joe? I think Stipe might have retired. To be honest, he he has vanished from the pound for pound rankings. Yeah, that's that's fine. I think he should just retire. He's his legacy is set. Anyway, we're going tangentially off here. I think the rankings, as per usual, have been shown to be nonsense, Tom, with these parent-for-parent rankings. Uh, really, I don't think there's anyone clear on that who is, you know, top of the list other than Volkanovsky. Well, what is uh, hilarious about these rankings, Joe? Uh, you've got your top seven. Volkanovsky, unblemished, number, uh, number one. one. Absolutely uh, correct. Fine. Yeah. Uh, now, he was kind of in the running with Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Head, head kicked by Leon Edwards. Where's he now? He's down at four. Where's Edwards? He's up at three. Is he? Uh, yes. Oh, tremendous. Charles Oliveira was the other man mentioned in the conversation. Could yep. he be the P for P? Uh, promptly submitted by Islam Makhachev. Who's number Who's two. gone in at number two now. Yep. Uh, and the... The other man who people were talking about up there was Israel Adesanya, who goes and gets knocked out by Pereira. So it's all turmoil, Joe. It's, mm. When you look at it like that, it's been quite quite the year. Some icons have fallen. Yeah, is it? We've had more title changes this year than any other in the last ten. It's been, it's been quite the year for turnarounds, uh, or at least changing of divisions. And you know, it's there's been an interesting conversation this week since two eight one about the middleweight division about is this the weakest champion we've ever had uh which is having then beaten Adesanya who is then considered one of the best champions we've had in the middleweight division it's it's weird... it's fantastic Joe that is fantastic uh, yeah. let me say it. I love U- UFC and MMA indeed for that yes. you know isn't that just remarkable that <laughs> you can, that, that can happen one man yeah. who has figured the game out he's beaten everybody 
comfortably. Mm. No way to upset this man until you just pull out some anonymous Brazilian from another sport and rise him through the ranks to challenge that Mm. unbeatable man. Beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, we know that Pereira was sort of rushed to the title because no wrestling for you, pal, sort of thing uh, to worry about. And it was the right decision. I think we all kind of accepted that. And now, in turn, it's created so much more for us to think about. You know, the fact that we're now looking at it going like, well, if Pereira beats Adesanya again, is he going to face Vittori? Is he going to face Robert Whittaker? It sounds like you are sticking by, sticking to your guns. It should be an instant rematch. Yeah, with Adesanya. Actually, I've got a question here for you. I'm going to give you the line. I want you to pick over under. Adesanya to face Pereja again, and the line is two and a half times. Oh, I, I, I mean, f- face him again, just MMA, kickboxing in there. That they will fight again. Yes, I, I, but I, two I, and a half I, times, over or under. Oh, that it'll happen more than two and a half times. Yeah. Oh, two and a half. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got to, I've got to go. Uh, it's going to be. It can't, it can't be two and a half times. I'm going under. Really. Yeah. Oh, I, I think definite over. I think I think if one of them goes up and gets the light heavyweight title, <laughs> then you got there's so much juice there. I mean, Adesanya's come out and said one day in this life or the next he has to be Pereira. <laughs> if, he, if he has to go and knock on Pereira's heart in the favela, yeah. Adesanya will do it. That's what he said at sixty. That's pretty hilarious. It, it's it's one of those as well now that like let's say they face each other again in May or June. Right, um, and let's say Adesanya wins. That's that can't be it. Then, like you can't you can't be like, well, I've won the rivalry, but this rivalry <laughs> is over. It's just like, well, no, that's that's you know. But Joe, you're scaring me there because then I I don't you know I'm not a fan of this Figueredo uh, Moreno and Moreno situation down at flyweight, and uh, especially given that Pereira's got so many men left to fight. Why isn't Pantoja getting the title shot? Is what we're all thinking. Which is kind of how I feel a little bit here, you know. Whitaker, he's done everything. Let uh, him fight. Let him fight Pereira. Uh, let Bobby Knuckles be the champion. You just One more to- time. <laughs> You've just shown what you want, and that's fine. But I'm with you on the instant rematch thing, except in a case like this. It's just it has to be done. It has to be done because of Adesanya's run. Adesanya's run. He was undefeated in the division. He'd basically cleared it out. If he was going to beat Pereja, he was talking about facing Gregory Rodriguez, which is, you know, a f- he's a few wins away from that. Uh, which, by the way, that would have been a sick fight. Um, still might be. But, you know, he probably would have gone back up to light heavy to face the winner of Prohashka, Teixeira, um, if Teixeira didn't retire. All right, let's uh, look at some of the other movements in the rankings. Mm. Uh, see how you feel about this, show. The biggest loser on the night, mm. the man who's dropped the most places. What, it's Frankie uh, Edgar, he retired. Well, <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, he lost, uh, lost a lot in that fight, as did his family and future generations <laughs> in the, uh, what, in the, in the <laughs> counseling fees that will oh. be... <laughs> Quiet. All right, right, let's let's move on from that. Yes. Uh, So, do you know who it is? Uh, Oh, Michael Chandler. No, uh, Chandler is still the UFC's boy. He he's sitting pretty still at lightweight, unchanged. (laughs) What? Sarukian, Ismagulov, Gamrot. 
sorry, you, lads. you lads stay down. Yeah. Sorry, lads. Chandler's still number five. He's gone yeah. nowhere. Got this God, that Dana White privilege is, is real, isn't it? It is. It is real. Uh, the man who has fallen out of favour, he featured on the prelims, went down in pretty spectacular fashion. Oh. It was Dominic Reyes, Joe. Oh. He's dropped five places. He's down to 12. Span's gone up too. Vol- Ozdemir rising again. Paul Craig, Krilov, they're all going up in the, oh in the rankings. But by the way, you've just announced what Reyes' next fight which should, be, should be is Paul Craig. Because there's no way he's getting knocked out in that one. Bro, Reyes, he beat John Jones. He beat John Jones. And then he was viciously knocked out by Blahovic, Viciously knocked out by Prohoshka. And by the way, this happened quicker and quicker each time. And then he gets knocked out in the first round by Ryan Spann. Oh, my days. It's well, just... quite the fall-off. <sighs> I don't... I, is there, has there been a harsher fall-off in a fighter? Uh, t- Tony Ferguson. Oh, <laughs> No, well, Joe, at least Tony, Tony's, Tony got, Tony's got that locked in, all right? He can get a place in the UFC Hall of Fame but, just based on that, the most spectacular Tony, drop-off. But Tony, at least, oh, apart from Chandler and Diaz, he wasn't finished by Oliveira or Darius. Keiichi. Well, uh, yeah, I'm saying that's the initial one. That's like the John Jones loss for Reyes, in a way. No, no, no. I'm, that's no, I that's the start. You just said start he, he beat... Come on, Reyes beat Jones. Yeah, he beat well, he Jones. Didn't ta- he didn't even he take big damage. Jones. He's the only man to beat Jones. Well, apart, apart from, from... Yeah, Matt Hamill, but yeah. Matt Hamill. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Remember the name. Remember the name, indeed. Oh, man, poor Dom Reyes. What about Ryan Spann, then? Ryan, Sp- Ryan Spann, he's into the top ten now. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Joe. He's earned ha- it. I've had, yeah, I've had to eat my words. I've, I've had to eat my words. I don't believe it. I don't I, believe I, it. I was always quite soft on his jabroni status, but you were rock hard for it. Like you were like absolutely raging at the thought of watching this man fight. And but now he he's also, turned it around. Like his arrogance in line with his performances and, and, and losses, that mm. was a big turn off for me. And he continued in that vein by saying he hadn't trained for a fight before this yeah. this moment. Three That's frustrating. Most. That's frustrating. But you know, I, I respect what Reyes has done. In the game, I still hope he's got more to give. And, you know, when Span puts him away like that, yeah, I know, it, it's a tough look for Reyes. I, I a think tough he should Reyes. consider a changing career. You know, maybe go back to being an IT teacher or something like that. Like, Isn't he the man who said he was like elite level jogger or something like that? No, he played, burnishing he, played, his... he played football to a high level. And baseball, right? And baseball. And it was just like, I'm an all-around athlete. Yeah, I do 40 minutes on the, tread, on the, uh, the exercise bike, on the peloton. Do you remember that in the um, the uh, the embedded UFC thing? No, not the embedded. The countdown. And he's just like, yeah, I'm doing my Jones tape, and he's watching a John Jones fight as he as he rides on the exercise bike for about half an hour. And it's just like, <laughs> I do recognise that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, he was also he was a bit deficient in charisma, uh, Reyes. Yeah, but he's he's saying he wants to keep going. Yeah, fine. I mean. Uh, can I go back to the exercise bike thing? Is that worse than the Henry Cejudo coach motivational book? Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, it was. That was ama- amazing. I mean, let's be honest, Cejudo went and, went and did it. That's true, you know, actually. You can, yeah. get away, you can get away with this nonsense. If you win. If you win. That, that, you could, you know, people, the people will love you for it. That's true. So now if Prohashka loses to, sh- to, to share it, everyone's going to be like, why did you sit in that dark room for three days with no food? <laughs> yeah, ate you an idiot? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or it's like, oh, what an inspiration. He's so stoic. This guy's, you know, a, this guy's a Bushido. real samurai. Yeah, exactly. Right, listeners, you can tell that we're really excited to talk about Derek Lewis versus Sergei Spivak. <laughs> but we actually are. Let's talk about it. 
Uh, Derek Lewis, Sergei Spivak, main event of this week's Fight Night card. Um, Spivak, he's become our boy. It was a bit of a joke at first. You know, he had a bit of a weird introduction to me and you, Tom, of when he smashed Tui Vassa. Do you remember that fight where Tui Vassa was lying on his side with with Spivak yes. mounting him uh, and he was punching him upwards? I, and that, that was his debut after after getting knocked out by Walt Harris in his opening fight. Yeah. Went on to fight Tui Vassa, beat Tui Vassa, and I, and I was done. I was done with Tui Vassa. He was written out of the history mm. books for me. It's but there's been a lot of turnarounds. You gotta you gotta look think you know just last reference to Dominic Reyes here. Mm. I'm not obsessed. Yeah. Uh, you got to look at someone like Tuivasa and how, how he turned it around. Yeah. Like, they're similar men, similar profile, in terms of age, I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Rez will take some some heart from that because, yeah, the Spiv he beat... Well, I, I mean, is he the Spiv anymore, Joe? I think he's graduated beyond that. Think, what, the Spivinator? Yeah, the Spivinator. He's actually... <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, like, the last two wins he's got, which is over Augusto Sakai and Greg Hardy, and everyone was like, yeah, whatever. It's not... It's not the fact that he beat them, it's how he beat them. Like, he demolished them. Mushed them. Truly, truly mushed them. Yeah, he lost mm-hmm. to Aspinall, but Aspinall's, you know, he's different gravy. He's tremendous. Um, you know, maybe Spivak can get back to that level of facing an Aspinall, and I think he probably will. I just really, like... like you're, wait, sorry. You're, you're inferring that Derek Lewis is not in that band of heavyweights with well, Aspinall. Let's just no. He's definitely not. If Aspinall faced Lewis, Lewis would get smashed. But Aspinall is ranked sixth. Derek Lewis seventh. Yeah, Could but be a matchup. Yeah, but he's got that UFC cred because Derek Lewis has said funny things in the past and knocked people out in, in hilarious well, fashion. Also, Joe, moving on to Derek Lewis, just briefly here, the man is eight and zero fighting in Vegas. Is he eight and zero with some big names in that eight? Knocked out Volkov. Oh. Yeah. Knocked out Dorcas. Yeah. Knocked out Blades. Olenek. Knocked out Olenek. Yeah. I mean, put some respect on his name, Joe. All right. I'll give him. I'll give that. He beat um, Nganu in Vegas. You know, he's, he's got great wins. All right. Yeah. I'll put some respect on there. I will also point out he has lost his last two fights, he's lost three of his last four. And in those fights, it was against guys that had just surpassed him in the division. Cyril Garn, you know, that was just a layup for Cyril Garn, really, of like, go make a name for yourself against Derek Lewis, who blew it in his hometown. Then he had the Tui Vassa one where it looked like, oh, he's turned it around, he did a bit of wrestling. And then that incredible shot of like, he's unloading on Tui Vassa's head. Mm. against the cage and Tui Vassa's just gritting his teeth going like I'm getting you back for this and <laughs> somehow getting through it and knocking him out and then the loss to Pavlovich where yeah he got up straight away but he was starting to he went face down ass up and was starting to slowly slide off into unconsciousness um, so my, my feeling is that I, what I've taken from these fights is a bit different to you Joe yeah. uh, because I still look out look at the knockout over Chris Dorcas you know sandwiched in between those losses mm. a man who was also you know on, on a good run in the yeah. division and I think well the Tui Vassa one it could have it could have been stopped maybe Mark Goddard if he's if he's going to keep the same line of reffing as he did with Adesanya he would stop that fight uh, where Lewis is unloading and Tuivasa's not really defending properly against the cage. Yeah. And then I look at Pavlovich, who is 
quite the specimen, Joe. Yeah. I think he's going to give a few a few old names some some big problems. Yeah, uh, very fast, accurate, powerful striker at heavyweight, mm. and I, I I just I think it's a little harsh on on Derek to be writing him off. The thing is, Sergey Spivak, he's looked damn good. He's looked really good, and if you think about their weapons as well, like Spivak's much more well rounded. He's got really good wrestling as well. Really yeah. good trips. Yes. Really good trips. Judo throws. Judo throws. Trips against the cage are really good. So what we know what Derek Lewis has is that he's got a left hand which he kind of moves, pours out there so you can find some kind of range so you can swing this bowling ball right hand behind it. Beautiful. Beautiful. The switch kick to close the distance and then throws the right hand to build momentum yeah build momentum swings the right hand and then he swings the left coming back the other way kind of like rock and sock and roll be honest this is one of the great sights in in UFC oh no doubt about it iconic when he flows when he's in that flow state you know there's no one no one like it you know it's like when Tony's marching someone down front kick to the body elbows coming inside tremendous it's there's nothing quite like it my thinking is though is that like I could see Derek Lewis throwing a switch kick, landing, and Spivak timing a takedown off of that, and then just getting mushed on the ground. Like, and I actually do think that's what's going to happen. I think Spivak will put him away probably within the first two rounds. I've got to say, I'm, I feel the same. I feel the same. But it's not a comment on Lewis. I still think if if Lewis continues to fight, he'll upset some of these yeah, some of these sure. young, young boys. And it, it wouldn't. It, come on, Joe. Spivak shoots. Lewis throws in an uppercut. Yeah, that's all, that's all she wrote. You exactly. can believe that. You oh, can for see sure, that. for sure, yeah. for sure. And I also think there is the danger that, like, if he loses to Spivak, some young guns thinking like, "Well, I'm going to get this guy now before his name's totally gone," and not being ready for it. You know, Lewis is, despite his limited amount of skills, is very skilled in those in those uh, talents that he has, uh, including getting up where he can literally just get up sometimes which is madness uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against Spivak though I just think those those inside outside trips that he's able to get and he hits both you know he chains them together as well like it's very rare to see that heavyweight see someone chain take he, he's also like yeah he doesn't need the explosion to get it which is a big factor mm. and he's also very measured on the ground yeah. um, which is not something we see at heavyweight either so for sure for sure so I think we've both gone for Spivak there Anything else on this main card that excites you in any way? Should we, I mean, Ion Kutilaba versus Kennedy and Chekwu. I mean, Kutilaba is on a bit of a rough run, but Chekwu has got some dodgy losses on his record as well. Uh, Kutilaba, he lost to he lost to Johnny Walker in the last fight, didn't he? Um, and Ryan Spann before that. You know, he's in a I don't know, he's just in a bit of a weird spot, isn't he? Because it's like he's lost to guys that. Are, better than the guys in Chekhu's lost to. I mean, Chekhu lost to Dart and Jun and um, my man Nikolai uh, Nega Moreno <laughs> said it correctly that time. Um, you know, the the difference is that, I mean, actually is the difference that big between those four fighters? Probably not actually. I mean, can either of these go further than, than where they're sat right now, which is kind of just no. outside the rankings. Eon, no. Maybe Kennedy could get in there, but I don't know how far he would get. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not convinced. I guess that's what I'd be hoping for for this fight, is that if there is someone who can kind of Someone build. to show you something that you've not seen before. Yeah, I mean, Eon is solidified in this kind of meme, meme status. <laughs> uh, 
but I don't expect a whole lot more than that. Next fight on the cast, Joe, it's a heavyweight battle between Chase Sherman and Waldo Cortez Acosta. Uh, Acosta's undefeated, isn't he? I mean, Chase Sherman, you oh. know what you're going to get. He's kind of, he's coming to bang, bro. I've come to bang. and We're expecting some slop, aren't we? I am expecting some slop. And you know what? I will savour it when I see it. Let's talk about um, Muslim Salikov versus Andre Figao. Now, this, Joe, this is the pick of the fights on the card for me. Yeah, in terms of competitive fights, for sure. Yeah, um, guys guys with a legitimate profile who've had some good moments in the UFC. Obviously, the Kung Fu King, Salikov, mm. um, and, his, and his, you know, spinning kicks. Had some some good moments, mm. uh, not least of all against well Trinaldo, who's uh, been an issue for for many a fighter. Yeah, uh, Nordin Taleb. I don't know. He had a yeah. five foot five fight streak going into meeting meeting the leech. Yeah. Uh, Le- leech put on a great performance. So a man again who's just kind of hovering outside the rankings. Yeah, against Diaw, who is a, yeah. a strong boxer. He's got a two and two record in the UFC. The thing for that we maybe didn't have to see with Filiao is that he's going to have to try and press Salikov so that he can't throw those kicks. You know, that when people face Barbosa, it's just like you can't give him the kicking range. You can't let him sort of set to throw those kicks. Well, Salikov doesn't need a lot, though. That's that's the, the difference with someone that, like Barbosa. Yeah, that is the interesting interesting one. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't load up quite as much and uh, he can pull them out of slightly different positions mm. to Barbosa, who really wilts under the pressure, yeah, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, now... The thing is, Filiao, he's got no problem applying forward pressure, Joe. If no. anything, what we've seen from him is too much forward pressure. Yeah. Well, he had the he had his debut where he lost to Michelle Pereja, and in his last fight, he lost to Jake Matthews. Who looked phenomenal. He did look very good. In between that, he has a win over Miguel Baeza and then uh, Cameron Van Camp. Interesting thing is, is that the Baeza, Van Camp, and Matthews fight all happened within the space of three months. He was really trying to like get some quick turnover within the UFC make a bit of a name for himself and I think he probably hit a wall of just like damn I actually can't do this that much That's this is insane but I feel that Matthews and Pereja are a step above Baeza and Van Camp probably oh I mean I mean, Baeza uh, is retired Baeza, now. Yeah, but he, he looked pretty great He Baeza. did look, he did look so, great but he yeah. just didn't have it in the mental side hmm. you know and I feel like a loss to Salikov will kind of confirm Filiao's place for the time being you know, of like fun I would action put it in, fighter. I'd put it in starker terms than that. I, I say a loss to Salakov uh, confirms Filial's ceiling for me. Yeah, yeah. In a in a in a definitive sense. But now, Pareja and Matthews are very good, though. That's that's the thing, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a bit early to write him off, though. I mean, he's only twenty eight. Well, it's, this is just what I'm saying. Like Salakov for me represents a certain level. Yeah. Um, and I think Filial can surpass that level. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Particularly if he, you know, fights to the game plan of you just pressing this guy. I mean, of course he is going to do that. That is his style. He's also been working at AKA, so I think his wrestling is going to improve as well uh, from there. So maybe we might see a bit of mixing that up. And that also, as is always the case, if you start showing that, then that might open opportunities up top for the hands. Interesting fight. Definitely. It's yeah. definitely a, it's a really good barometer fight for sure. It is, and Filiao, you know, he is, he is boxing heavy. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he'll have introduced some el- other elements to his game, obviously expecting Salakov to, to spin, uh, mm. expecting him maybe to be hard to land on mm. up top. Um, maybe I, if I he wonder, throws to the body. I would like to see that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, 
let's talk about this fight and particularly one fighter in particular Jack Della Maddalena I love me a bit of Della Maddalena two first round knockouts this year in the UFC Pete Rodriguez and uh, Ramazan Amiv uh, one was the liver shot uh, on the Teixeira Prohashka card he is so slick on the feet he is what so do you- what do you like in particular about Madalena's going on the feet? I do you know what I, just, I I like the how he measures. Like he's not just charging in; he picks his shots, and then he sort of like will sort of with the Ami fight. He was working him to the body, but it's like he wasn't hitting him, landing on the body at the same point. It was either sometimes at the beginning, at the combination, or at the end. You know, he would throw his nice single shots in there as well. It's really like interesting and like he has really good complexity and depth to his striking that I think a lot of fighters could probably learn from yeah you're not alone in that view uh Joe we got Jack Slack uh, um, uh, another podcast that we've referenced quite a few times on hold on I'm talking brother he's done a couple of technical breakdowns on Madalena he's got a few pointers on on what to look out for so would point listeners in, in that direction to get a bit more there he's fighting Danny Roberts who's one of those guys who's just He's fighting on the undercards. He's in the yeah. early prelims, and before you know it, he's fought twelve times in the UFC uh, <laughs> since twenty fifteen. It's since twenty fifteen, Joe. Yeah. Who is the highest ranking guy he's faced? I'd say the biggest name on there biggest is. Name, yeah, I mean he's fought Michelle Pereira. Yeah. Mike Perry. Okay. And Trinaldo. Was the uh, he lost all three one, of those fights? Was the Pereira one Pereira's debut? It was that. It was the flying knee. Yeah, that was his debut, where he was running off the cage and doing yeah. all sorts of nonsense, wilding oh, out. That was brilliant. Oh, I loved that fight so much. <laughs> but they both got wins over Amiv. Yeah. Um, saying that, though, Roberts has a split decision win, which is obviously not as uh, impressive. I, th- I think we're expecting Della Madalena to get a nice first round victory here, aren't we? Well, let's be honest, Joe. That's part, uh, partly because we, we Danny Roberts has fought twelve times in the UFC, and I can't tell you what his biggest weapon is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. give me one moment that stands out to you. Anyway, so we got uh, right. we got Zaglas Zumagulov uh, versus Charles Johnson. <laughs> Zumagulov is one and four in the UFC. Why is he still here uh, against Charles Johnson? who, in his debut, lost to Mohamed Makayev. But I thought it looked quite good in it. You know, Makayev wasn't able to really get much done. I think Johnson, a bit more seasoning. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested position. to see it. I'm interested to see it. This is why, by the way, this is why Zamagulov is still around, for for Charles Johnson to, to build his resume a bit yeah. in the UFC. And uh, hopefully, he, he's able to do that. He did look good against Makayev. It's not often a, yeah. a fight it gets kind of comprehensively beaten. Without getting beaten down, but just neutralized, which is what sure. Makayev was able to do to him, and you end up respecting the other guy all the more for it, and you're curious about his future progression. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. That's about as close as you're going to get to a can in the UFC as well. Like, I tend not to keep these guys around for too long, but there is a benefit to them. Right? Let's talk about. There's nothing else on this card. We don't want to talk about Ricky Tercios after that. I refuse to. Yeah, that that performance last time. Um... Let's talk about a bit of news. So, a bit of fallout from UFC 281. Michael Chandler obviously lost to Dustin Poirier in one of the fights of the year. I think that's fair to say. At least one of the most dramatic fights and one of the most intriguing ones. By the way, did you see Dustin Poirier on Hawani's show? I didn't. He talked about the interaction between him and Chandler they had after the fight. I'm going to cut it in right now for listeners to hear. But I said, uh, 
I said, this is my house. I said, hey, I respect everything you've done, but this is my house that I built, you know? And then he looks at me, he goes, such a freaking dweeb. He looks at me, he, right, right when I say this is my house, he goes, what, Madison Square Garden's your house? Mad oh, Madison Square Garden's your house? He goes, what? Then he points down on the mat, he goes, this logo, this logo on the mat, this is your house? And I'm like, I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, all right, bud. Okay, bud. Um, yeah, it was. it's interesting, like, the beef that sort of uh, stewed between these two and continues to stew. And also Poirier's rather hilarious impression of Chandler. Tom, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tom, anyway, Chandler lost, and he gets called out immediately by Eddie Alvarez, who is a free agent. Is there any interest in you in watching Eddie Alvarez come back to the UFC? Because apparently there's not much interest from the UFC. Like, Alvarez could have stayed in the UFC yeah. and been in the discussion with the likes of Chandler, Poirier, Gaethje, yeah. McGregor, kind of these guys who were been hovering around the top of the oh, man. lightweight division. We could have had Oliveira versus Alvarez. Yeah, we... But unfortunately, you know, Alvarez didn't didn't take that path. He had a very hard time outside of the UFC. Yeah. I think he's getting on a little bit now. Never really had the kind of charisma of of Chandler. No, no, it was more his fighting style that he was able to deliver. Uh, no, I think Chandler can do do better than that matchup. You think it's McGregor fight? Maybe. I I really think so. I I I, I like it, Joe. I like mm. it. I want yeah, it. I, I would, I would honestly would consider bringing Alvarez back, and I would bring him as this sort of like, I don't know, like pay per view main card guy. You're getting three rounds, and you're getting Alvarez versus Oliveira. You're getting Alvarez versus Gamrot. You get just, you know, one of these guys that could maybe just, I don't know, just be a really great entertainment fighter. Joe, Joe, okay. Eddie Alvarez is 38 years old. I think he's still got some. He's still got a bit of juice. We don't need another Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, you know sad right. story in the UFC. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, if he comes back and loses three times and it brutally to like Saruki and Gamrot and Ismagulov, you're like, Jesus Christ, was that worth it, Eddie? No. Yeah, fair enough. Now, you meant you mentioned the word juice. Yes. If he was allowed to do that, then maybe it could work. Yes, but indeed. In the absence of juice and, and the presence of USADA, I think Alvarez's time in, in the UFC is done. Yes. Let's talk about one more piece of news, and then we're gonna we're gonna head off, listeners. Um, Gilbert Burns has been talking about his fight with Masvidal. Now, apparently, they wanted to get it done for November, and um, apparently, Masvidal wasn't going to be ready. They said December. No, let's do it in Brazil in January. Masvidal says. Well, apparently, that's not happening either. Now, Tom Masvidal then came out this week and said, "Let's do it on the same card as." Usman versus Edwards 3. <laughs> now, you can see what Masvidal's trying to do here. If one of those guys falls out of the main event fight, well, I'm ready to go, boss. Don't worry about me. I can get right in there. That's pretty much the game that he's going to go for. Well, likewise, if he is able to pull off a win over Burns and Edwards beats Usman, mm. then Masvidal's going to be sat right there, ready for the call out of of Leon you know that I think that's also probably what is going to happen for sure like it's just I mean Leon has said if he wins I will face Masvidal next and it's like Leon mate that is bull <laughs> that is bull that is bull but he of course was the forgotten man for so long it's hard to resent him for now playing the game now he's in that position I would do the easy same. money baby easy money oh yeah he would, he, he would work the, Masvidal the, 
Problem is, there's no way Masvidal beats Burns. So yeah, I think Burns will just—he would probably take him down at will, wouldn't he? And just do whatever he wanted. Um, it would be a fun fight on the feet, though, as long as it lasted there. Um, all right, let's remove that sort of thinking from it from the time being. Do you actually think Masvidal fights in the first half of next year? I mean, he's another man who you could imagine being matched up with Connor, given Connor's. Uh, just do enhancements. it. Just yeah. do it. Like, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Honestly, like, if Masvidal faces Burns and he loses, and then he faces McGregor, do you think anyone would really? Actually, actually, maybe they would start to care at that stage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he gets. He 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 had such a great 2019, and it was perfect stars aligned moment that made him a superstar, and. I don't know, does he have that Nate Diaz level of, like, charisma where losses don't matter to him? Because it seems to really matter to him when he loses. Like, you look Uh, at him after that Covington fight, he looked crestfallen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is another man, he's he's the wrong side of 38. Yeah. Which we should say happy birthday, that was just six days ago. Oh. Turning 38. Uh, no, but he's entered the, the meme fighter dimension, but it, he's still got a bit of pop. You know, you'd back him to beat someone like Lawler or, or of course, Diaz. Oof, I mean, Lord. Alvarez, if he was up at 170. He's the top of the tier in that tree. But if you're going to put Connor and Chandler in that grouping, those are some fun matchups. Are you, are you coming around to my idea of Chandler versus Masvidal? <laughs> I mean... Um, I'm thinking it over. It's just it seems a shame for Michael Chandler because he's still fun, kind of near to the top of the division. Well, he says he's one win away from getting back into the title contention, not a title shot, but title contention. It's quite interesting. Disagree. Well, losses don't seem to affect Michael Chandler, and actually they don't. You know, like the matchup with Gaethje didn't discredit Chandler. It was like God, that guy's fun, and 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 Masvidal is fun with the right matchups, as perhaps Connor can be too. so, you know, okay. I'll allow it. I'll, I'll, I'll let it in. Fair yeah. enough. Um, yes. Is there anything else we really want to talk about here? Oh, this is something I wanted to bring up. I'm annoyed, Tom. UFC 282 is happening in three weeks, headlined by Prohashka versus Teixeira. And you've got some banging, fun fights on the entire card. Buckley versus Chris Curtis. We know that's Ooh. our number one fight of the night. I do not care about any other fight other than that one. Come on, Joaquin. You got Darren Till versus Drickus Duplessis, okay, a fun fight. But neither Bryce of Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, Elias Taporia. That is that's incredible. On the main card, confirmed now for the main card. Did you see this? On the main card, ahead of those two first two fights I mentioned is Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. <laughs> I mean, Jesus! Do they know something that maybe Robbie's hanging it up and that they're giving him this pay per view send off? I would say headline headline the prelims, you know, yeah. some names people will tune in for. Uh, perfect spot for them. Shouldn't be on the main card. It annoyed me. It really annoyed me. But, you know, the buck, Joe, you can't hold him down. <laughs> the young buck. Like, they tried this bullshit in Paris, and look what happened. That's he true. came on the main card, and he stole the show. He did indeed. He cannot be suppressed, and I expect the same thing again here. My God. You know what's going to happen? He's going he's gonna to win that fight with Curtis, and he's going to cut an absolute fire promo. He's going to cut an incredible promo and then face whoever, knock them out, title shot, gets Pereja out of there. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the what, physics? The what, physics yeah, that. <laughs> such a comedic matchup. Oh, my God. I cannot, I cannot imagine that. 
Oh my Pereira God. and Buckley being in the same division is hard enough for what me about, to deal with. But them this? standing in the ring together. What about this? Let's say Pereira loses to Adesanya in the rematch and Buckley wins two fights there. You just do it, man. Just do it. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Buckley versus Pereira. The fit, like, Pereira's head next to Buckley's would be ridiculous. Like the size of it. The size I of his cranium is ridiculous. His head matches Buckley's torso and upper body. <laughs> I think they positioned together, and then you had Pereira's legs, and you got a kind of freak show, freak show matchup. That's real. Which pride. way do you lean, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. Buckley says he can wrestle, so that's uh, that'd be interesting. Could he even get to the legs? That would be. Bitch, I wrestle too, ho. <laughs> God, I love that man. I love him so much. Anyway, listeners, ending on a high. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week probably, to talk about this card uh, and to talk about the glory that was Sergei Spivak. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. And listeners, contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com if you wish. Hit like, hit subscribe, do all that good stuff. Goodbye, and see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.